In our culture, everything is based on success. But what is success? Who defined it? Who decided that success was the goal instead of fulfillment? What happens if we shake up that definition? What if we make our own definition of success? My name is Tony Grebmeyer, and on this podcast, I'm going to dig deep into the real stories behind success. Join me as I interview other entrepreneurs who've climbed up Success Mountain and have come back down to share their stories so you can succeed. If you're ready to join a community of other entrepreneurs redefining success and finding fulfillment, go to BeFulfilledLife.com and join the community. Now, let's dive into today's show. Welcome to Be Fulfilled. It is the real stories behind success. I'm your host, Tony Grubmeyer. Glad to be here with you. Excited for the guest today and pen and paper in hand, something to write with. A lot of great stuff coming your way. Today's guest is passionate about the way that the ideas, storytelling, and beauty can change people's lives. She's a curator of Civic Renaissance. It's a newsletter and an intellectual community dedicated to lifelong learning, goodness, truth, and healing our public discourse through reviving the wisdom of the past. Please welcome to the show today's special guest, Alexandra Hudson. Thanks for having me, Tony. I'm excited for the opportunity just to uh, chat and been following you for a while and loving kind of what you're up to. And and we're going to get into it today. But before we do, as we get ready to go up and down Success Mountain, I would love for you to answer this one question. What is your definition of success? Definition of success is is self-determination. It's creating, it's cultivating a, a dream and a vision and 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 having the efficacy and, and the freedom to achieve it and live the life that you want to achieve. And that's very much related to the line of work I'm in um, as, as kind of a online educator and a, and a writer that I want to equip people with the ideas and the and the and the history that allows them to um, unlock their human potential and be truly free. I love it. It's great, great definition. And that's one thing that, you know, you ask a lot of people and they're like, oh, I just want freedom or I want fulfillment. And I like yours. It was so different. So thank you. Let's jump back just to kind of some of the beginning days of when you had this desire to to start writing. Can you take me back to when you really first noticed that this was something that you had a passion for? I've always loved ideas uh, and I have had the greatest gift of parents that nourished and nurtured my curiosity and my love of learning. And it made me want to dedicate my life to giving other people that opportunity. Not only did I have incredible parents that nurtured that in me, but I had great teachers throughout my time, throughout my education. And so as a writer, I kind of feel like I'm able to do that. I'm able to learn publicly, learn out loud, and then share that with with my audience, share that with people and kind of learn alongside people. I'm constantly in dialogue with with my readers and and I, I love that. And part of my story is the fact that I ended up working at the US Department of Education, the single largest institution dedicated to learning in the history of humanity and was devastated to learn that they did not care about education. (laughs) They didn't care about curiosity and nurturing lifelong learning. And I was just a stifling bureaucracy that killed curiosity. And that was horrifying. And that'll be a theme and idea that I explore in my my next book, just how Education Inc., like so much of our world today is routinized and structured and kills kind of the the human element in us. And and so I, I, I try, I'm trying to reclaim that, reclaim and celebrate all things human, what makes us human, what's what makes us different from, from the rest of creation and, and, and celebrate that and reclaim that. I love it. I mean, uh, your energy is uh, just infectious. It's, it's, it's exciting. And you, you know, you look at all the things that you've done. I mean, the accolades just, just on paper for some of the things from Forbes, um, Vancouver's top 20 under 20, 
Time Magazine, USA Today, the Wall Street Journal. I mean, we could list all of your accolades, but some of the things that are so exciting in all of it as I cut it all up and paste it is just well-versed in travel. Like you've definitely seen our world. And uh, before the show, we were just chatting a little bit. I said, what is it that you're really excited about? And you have a new book, but we were talking about a course that you put out um, that you wanted to help people just kind of have a little bit more understanding of some Greek mythology. It's a five day, it's, it's like a mini course. And I just, I want to know where the give back in you comes from, because not everybody wakes up and says, you know, I'm going to go give back. I want to go do all of this. A lot of people just put their head down. They say, you know, I need to go get a paycheck nine to five, go make a living. You're married, you know, and you have a son and, and, you know, a lot of people are happy going home and, and just doing that. But there's something in you, maybe it's your parents, maybe it's the upbringing, maybe it's all the people who poured into you but you have this desire to give back. And that's something that I want to talk a little bit about today because that's something that the world needs more of right now. They need more people to be givers and not takers. So let's talk a little bit about that. It's so true. I mean, I lived a year of my life where I was told I didn't matter and uh, the life, the mind didn't, didn't matter. And everything that I love, the true, the good and the beautiful and ideas didn't, didn't matter. This is my year at the U S department of education. Uh, and again, told that I like my, my, my humanity, my value was, was questioned. And I feel like there, there are so many, uh, and that was miserable. That was an absolutely miserable experience. I left that experience and I had what uh, in Sanskrit, it's called a Kriya, a Kriya. It's like where the soul just breaks and like where you just push yourself to a limit. And I literally just got sick. My whole body broke down. I got sick for two weeks. My body broke out in a rash. It was just this existential, physical, emotional crisis. And I, and I started from square one again, like reflecting on what does it mean to be a human being? And what is the bare minimum of respect that we are owed and owed to others by virtue of our shared humanity and inherent human dignity? And what is the best way to live? What is the good life? And what are the factors that contribute to human flourishing and a meaningful life and human relationships? And those kind of questions, those foundational questions kind of shape all of my work and everything I love. And, and it was just such a miserable experience for me. And I don't want anyone else to ever, you know, question their very existence and, and their and their humanity and their irreducible value as human beings. And I think it's too often in life that we settle. We think that the way the world is, is the only way it has to be. And I'm not content with that. <laughs> no part of me is content with that. And I'm, I'm trying to define and cultivate a vision of a better way, a vision where we're able to fulfill our, our potential and reclaim again this this dignity and high view of humanity and 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 the the more the more that we self-cultivate the more that we're better able to give to others um, and so I, I just think there's way too much wasted human potential and I want to encourage people that they don't have to you know win the lottery or revolution or uproot their life and their family to, to to do that that there are ways to make our lives better in our everyday and I want to show people how and and so there from what my notes say you created and you're the curator of the civic uh, renaissance tell me a little bit about it's a newsletter an intellectual community dedicated to lifelong learning goodness truth and the healing our public uh, discourse so tell me a little bit about that so that is where you would sign up, hopefully, if you want to learn out loud with me, if you want to kind of be along this journey. It's a place where I, I share beautiful things I, I read and I find, or as I'm reading, I'm learning, I, I share insights from whether it's great books or contemporary discourse. And I, I my aim is for it to be a little bit of an oasis. There's so much in our world that is frenetic and immediate and toxic, but I want it to be just kind of orthogonal to that, that they're like a place of, of leisure and rest and just kind of thinking about important ideas. Uh, and again, these foundational questions 
questions of, of what is the best way to live? What is the good life? And how do we do that? And that's hard. There's obviously a, it's an uphill battle there because there's so much distraction. We all have smartphones. We all have, we're all busy. We all have incredible demands on our time, but this reclaiming this this sense of um, the sense of leisure and this time and space to reflect on important questions, I think that everything depends on doing that. Our personal happiness, the future of our civilization, our society depends on doing that. And so I'm I'm committed to to doggedly trying to climb this uphill battle. And where do people sign up for that? Uh, Civic-Renaissance.com. I love it. And you talked about smartphone. I, I got to tell you, the other day I had this crazy, crazy idea. I said, my life was so simple when I didn't have all these things alerting me. I remember when I had a flip phone and I went looking at AT AT&T the other day for a flip phone. I was like, maybe I'll just do it. Maybe I'll take the plunge going back to when I wasn't easily distracted by things that didn't really matter. And I do a really good job of filtering and unfiltering a lot of stuff in my life. So, you know, I I wake up early, do my routine, get to the office, work, go home, work again because I work on a ranch. And then make sure family, and then I go to bed, but I have a routine, but I'm like, how much time is consumed on a phone? Right. Even just being distracted in the, so let's just take your husband for a second. You guys are in a conversation and the phone rings. What do you do? You stop arguing or stop having a conversation and you go pick up your phone where what happens if that wasn't there and you could just have your conversation. Hot tip: My phone is always on do not disturb mode. So I like, love I don't, it. I don't I love get, it. I don't get like I check my phone too often. Still, like I'm not perfect <laughs> at all. But it, like I check my phone when I want to. Um, often, you know, a downside of that is like it could be like a tick. Like, oh, I don't want to do what I'm doing right now, so I'll just like check my phone. But the point is, I'm not interrupted. Like just when I get a text or or an email or when someone's calling, like I'm I have a little bit of agency in that. I like that. That's really good. <laughs> my uh, my trainer got me to grab this light off of Amazon, not a plug, just it was a fill up light. And it's no more of smartphone waking you up. It's actually it, it glows like natural sunlight, and it wakes you up in the morning. So now just in the two weeks of having me, you know, try that, my phone is now further and further away from my bed. So I'm almost out of the room, which is it's just a pattern and a habit. I didn't realize it. But when someone brings it up, like you only have a blind spot once, then it's a choice. Right. So I made that choice. So I love, I love our conversation. I'm going to take a quick break. I want to come back. I want to talk about your, your course. Cause I, I think that anybody listening today wants to learn a little bit more about maybe where they came from life, things that are happening in our world. I mean, I think maybe you should just check out what she's doing. It's free. You can uh, put in your email. You can learn more. We'll have some fun. We'll come back uh, today's special guest, just a dynamic lady. So stick around the Be Fulfilled show. We'll be right back with our special guest today, Alexandra Hudson. We're going to take a quick break. And since Tony's taking one, let's take one together. Let's take a deep breath. Wherever you are, feel those ribs expand, that chest lifts towards your chin. Let's do it now. That feels good, right? That's one of over 23,000 breaths you're going to take today. You don't even think about it. You're focused on that one. That's life. That's rejuvenation. That's the moment right here. And thanks for doing that with me. We all matter. Those breaths matter. Let's remember them. And let's get back to the show. Hey, we are back on the Be Fulfilled podcast show. Tony Grubmeyer, up and down Success Mountain today. Wow. I hope you guys have been taking notes. I, I know 
sometimes you question if I'm taking notes, I'm, I'm literally got pieces of paper filled with it. It's how I built the Be Fulfilled journal because I had so many darn notes from so many amazing people. I wanted to put it into use. So what we've done is uh, we were talking a little bit about a mini course uh, our guest wrote today, Alexandra Hudson wrote about Greek mythology. And we were chatting at the break and you know, she said Greek mythology in 10 minutes. I'm like, hey, I got 10 minutes and I would definitely love to learn more. So it's a crash course in the stories that have shaped the world. Uh, so what we're gonna do is you're gonna go to civic-renaissance.com and you are gonna see a beautiful picture of Alexandra standing in front of, I thought it was the Acropolis, but give me what building that is. It is the Acropolis. Uh, it's it's the Acropolis in Nashville, Tennessee, though. The other <laughs> the other Parthenon, it's called. It's so funny. A hundred years ago, people got together and were like, we've got some time and money. Let's build an Acropolis. And so it's very funny and beautiful. Only four hours from my house when I just uh, here in Indianapolis. And when I discovered it, I've already been there three or four times now because it's just it's just a beautiful structure. And of course, I can't be in Greece these days. So it'll 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 more than do because it's magnificent. So what are people going to learn a little bit about just taking this course and going through a, a little walk and talk with you? My aim is to offer tools and content that nourish people's minds and, and instill, instill and cultivate curiosity and just wonder about the world. I think that we live in a time of such moral certainty where people just feel like, you know, we're set in our ways. We think we have it all figured out. We like to feel like we have it all figured out. But human progress de de depends on being innovative and being curious and, and you know, continuing to learn and, and, and to be creative. That's the, that's And we, we need that as human beings. There's research that shows our minds atrophy if we are not stimulating them and nurturing them and growing them. And so that's the aim with all of my content, just to give people things to kind of mull on and, and just ask them questions and give them content, just to kind of give them a broader understanding of who we are, what it means to be human and where we've come from. And, and so if you are interested in, in growing your life of the mind um, and, and just cultivating your curiosity, then you might enjoy this course that, that gives you, that I hope just whets your appetite to keep learning, keep diving into uh, mythology, but not just don't stop with Greek mythology. Maybe we'll go to Sumerian or, you know, Arabian the uh, mythology next. So there's the, just, just all things, the human experience. That's what I'm, I'm interested and curious about. And I want to give people uh, the tools to, to keep growing and to keep learning. Uh, mom and dad, what do they say about you now as they see all of the success that you've had? I think sometimes they don't know what to do with me. <laughs> That I'm just constantly doing more and more, um, and I'm and I owe it all to them because they were the ones that that modeled this curiosity for me, and and they they both modeled it and and gave us every opportunity to cultivate our talents and, and to try new things and to find out what we were good at and what we liked, and 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 they um, definitely had um, this sort of smattering approach. My mom had me in every single enrichment activity you can imagine, from French horn to to calligraphy to Greek and Latin, and uh, like she had this vision of like the well-rounded citizen, the well-rounded soul, well-rounded human being, which is an educational model that we've kind of lost today as we're so interested in matching humans to needs in the labor market. We've missed the fact that we're so much more than that. We're so much more than just bodies and seats and, you know, filling out timesheets that uh, I'm interested in, in, in asking questions that get us to, uh, that lead us to how to cultivate the fullness of our humanity. And again, unlock this human potential that is so, so missed today. Love it. Mom, dad, nice job. You've got uh, just an incredible daughter. I'm excited uh, just for our conversation and I'm going to get people to go check out what you're up to. Uh, the book you're working on, it's coming out in 2022. Correct. Um, coming out in early 2022. Yep. 
So one thing that I love to do on the show, it's different than most, is I put people in what I call the fulfillment round. And it's a bunch of random questions that I have thought from just listening on the show today that maybe the world would like to know about you or a little bit more detail. There's no rights. There's no wrongs. There's nothing you can say that's going to offend me or anyone because basically you're going to speak truth. And I think that's something that you would love to do today. Um, But before I start, I just need one little eeny teeny little thing. I need permission. So all I need you to do is say, I am ready. I'm ready. And now it's time for the fulfillment round. No phoning friend, no using the Google machine, no digging into storage for the Encyclopedia Britannica's. And I promise, Tony won't make you cry. And if you don't know the answer, just make it up. The Fulfillment Round brought to you by ShipOffers.com for all your product and fulfillment needs. Now, Tony, you ready to ask some questions? All right. From all of the places you've traveled in the world, if there was no pandemic going on right now and you could, where would you be? Oh, great question. Um, Maybe... I don't know, one of my favorite experiences was in Tbilisi, Georgia, Uh, not Georgia the state, (laughs) but uh, the country that borders Armenia. And actually, uh, Joseph Stalin is from from Georgia. And I went to this church that was built uh, in the old capital of Georgia, built in the third century. So it was very old structure. And I walked into this church, this, this Eastern Orthodox church, and I don't remember ever having an experience in my life where the, the, the veil between this world and the next was so thin. You just kind of felt the transcendent all around you. And it's so interesting. Um, we all like dream of picking up from our busy, hairy lives and moving to a monastery in India and like fulfilling our eat, pray, love, like, <laughs> you know, fantasy dream. But the pandemic has really offered us all the opportunity to do that because we are, we are not in the lockdown. We, we're, we're not, we don't have the same demands in our time to, to travel and like be physically present. I think that we were talking about the distraction of technology and cell phones. Like we're, we are our own worst enemy and not being able to say no to those distractions. But the point is we have that opportunity to kind of create that that solitude, create that leisure, to create that stillness in our in our uh, daily rituals and in our lives. And I love thinking about that, that Eastern Orthodox Church in Tbilisi that I'd love to return to one day just because of that transcendence, that stillness, that it's so easy to lose in our in our moment that prizes the, the frenetic and the immediate and in our moment that prizes the material. And, and, it, and we miss the part of our soul that is spiritual, that is transcendent we are mind body spirit we're not just we're not just you know bodies so i love that um i literally had a call with a company today cone out of denver doing some work about some rebranding stuff we're doing for our business and i was noticing in this gentleman's office he had these beautiful pictures on his wall and i said you know gosh you just have really great taste he goes oh all that goes to my wife she dabbles in watercolor and i said oh really and uh, we were talking a little bit more and I go watercolor. He goes, no, actually those are wine watercolor paintings. She's figured mm-hmm. out like how to, to take red wine and get the certain mixture and be able to use it to paint. And I noticed a little bit about you that you dabble a little bit in watercolor. That's I love that sort of innovation. It's like taking an, a traditional medium and, and doing it in a different and novel way. I love that. That's wonderful. When's the last time you spent time? Uh, painting. Yeah. 
Uh, it's probably been a few months. I actually remember I got COVID in January and before I knew I got COVID, I was like, I was just like soulishly tired. And I was like, maybe what I need is to paint. And I like bought out my watercolors and the next day my, my and I, and I painted for probably all like 25 minutes. Cause I just could barely stand. I was so tired. And then I got my test results the next day. I was like, okay, well that makes sense. So it has been <laughs> since January. I, sh- I probably should, but it's just, I love doing, I love exercising creative faculties that are not you know, the, the stuff that I do day in and day out, which are like kind of the reading and the, and the writing. And it's, uh, we're all creative and we all um, become fully human when we partake in the creative process. So I'm grateful for opportunities to do that. I love it. Thanks for sharing that story. And and I'm glad that you're on the mend and definitely sound Thank like you, you are uh, back smiling, laughing and doing what you love. Question, where did you meet your husband? We met in Washington, D.C. at the Mayflower Hotel, beautiful historic hotel for anyone who's familiar with D.C. And we were both volunteering um, for uh, a lawyer's convention that we were we were both students and, and, and attending. I had just interned with them the, the summer before, so I was back and he was down volunteering from law school. And I thought I recognized him. I thought we had met the night before. Um, so I went up to him, we started talking, but he insisted that we hadn't met, but we, we started talking and he was pretty, pretty taken with me right away. And I just wasn't very impressed with him. I thought he was just kind of a stuck up, kind of pretentious trust fund baby. And I couldn't have been more wrong about him. Like talk about, I, I, I think I'm a very good judge of character, but I just totally misjudged him. I totally jumped to a jump to conclusions and assumptions about him. And we ended up, so just meeting that weekend, but we, we stayed in touch digitally virtually for a few months. And then he ended up booking a flight to, to come visit me in Vancouver, Canada, where I lived in that time. And we started dating then. But one thing, I um, that changed my mind about him, even though I wasn't very interested in him at first or, or anyone really. I was just very focused on school and, and my graduate studies, uh, graduate program was how curious he was that that he was just he would we could just talk and he would um, he would keep up with me about everything. If I mentioned a book offhandedly, he would go read the whole book and then come back and want to talk about it with me. And I'm so grateful for that. It's one thing that kind of put my mind at ease about this thing called marriage, which you know it's scary thought. It's a scary thought to think about how we might change and, and grow and develop and develop as human beings. And, and one thing I loved about him was just his integrity his like inner moral core. He's just the best person I know, just incredibly strong moral strength. And also just his curiosity. There's no end of things in the world to discover together. Like how could we ever get bored of each other if we're always kind of outward looking and, and discovering more about the world around us. And that's definitely been the case in our six years of marriage. So very grateful for him. I love it. What was the book that you, he went and read right away. Do you remember? It was John Steinbeck's uh, East of Eden. Cool. And I actually hadn't even read that book. I had like mentioned a character, a quote from it. So he went out and read this whole Steinbeck book and what came to back to want to talk about it with me. And he's like, wait, you haven't read it. <laughs> You're like, well, wait, it was just a suggestion and you, right. know, you beat me to it. So it was just an illusion. <laughs> I love it. So six years of marriage, one son, one just amazing meeting in Washington led to him visiting in Vancouver. And one thing led to another. You guys have gone on a journey. What would be one thing that you would love to share with your husband that maybe is something of saying a thank you? We do this from time to time on the show to end it. Just kind of like you saying to him something that you're super grateful for. I'm incredibly grateful for his, uh, well, first of all, in a practical way, he's my number one editor. Like anything I I write before it goes out into the world, I try and make sure he sees it <laughs> just because he always makes it better. He's always a value add. 
But on top of that, I'm incredibly grateful for his support. His He's really believed in me, believed in my work. He saw firsthand how how miserable and unhappy I was when working at a big, you know, kind of governmental institution. And he believes enough in me and, and my ideas and, and the kind of things I want to do and offer the world and create for the world that he, um, you know, starting out as a writer, you're kind of your own small business. Like I, I was my entity, like I, I am my wares that I'm trying to sell. And so he very much, you know, supported, supported my efforts. And I'm very grateful. I'm incredibly grateful for him, for that encouragement and for, um, for that support and for believing, believing in me and, and my project. I love it. Sounds like an amazing husband. So uh, today's special guest, Alexandra Hudson, you can learn more about her. Uh, you can visit TonyGrebmeyer.com, get all the show notes, but we'll direct you over to civic-renaissance.com. Get her newsletter, take her course, sign up for her book and follow her. This is one dynamic lady you do not want to miss out on. And until next time, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, choose to make today the absolute best day of your life. Thanks for listening to today's show. But before you go, let me ask you a question. How would you like to be the architect of your journey in this game we call life? Take the next step now at www.tonygrubmeyer.com. Enter your details to get the first week of the Be Fulfilled Journal for free. It includes access to our private community of thousands of other entrepreneurs. It'll give you more clarity and freedom in your day. And it might just change your life forever. Forever.